I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to learn more from me, please check out my website, MikeRinald.com. In addition to all my great articles, videos, and podcast episodes, I have a ton of online CEU courses, as well as my inner circle online mentorship and community. Be sure to subscribe to my free newsletter where I'm always sending you great info and exclusive perks and discounts. Just head to MikeRinald.com to get started. Thanks so much. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another baseball-related episode. We're going to talk about pitch counts and inning limits. We're going to talk about managing the pitcher between managing innings. the pitcher between innings. What we can do to keep the arm fresh between innings, and how we use the modus sleeve to monitor stress on the elbow in our athletes. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show, helping people feel better, move better. Perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here with another baseball-related oh. episode. So I know this is Tilly hates no this. Oh, gymnastics episode. There's no. There's so much overlap <laughs> between baseball. <laughs> Hypermobile athletes, but we have another great baseball one. We're getting a ton of baseball questions, so I mean that's why we keep doing these episodes. So uh, we're here again, champion P team performance in Boston. Len McCrina, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly. We gotta go. Right, perfect. So, <laughs> all right, base- guys. Thanks for watching. Mike <laughs> <laughs> baseball questions. What do we got? Joe Joe. Uh, Matthew from Silicon Valley. Seems like there's been an increasing number of Tommy John injuries with high school players in our area. For high school pitchers, is it about pitch count or innings pitched or both? Right. MLB scouts tend to give us recommendations based on number of innings pitched annually. Majority of high school coaches disagree and say it's all about the number of pitches per outing. What's the answer? What's his name, Matthew? Yes. Because that's actually a well-articulated, I guess Silicon Valley, uh, I mean, a, a well-articulated question, too, because you're, at, you're, you're dead on right there. MLB scouts, MLB pays attention to innings, and the youth pays attention to pitch counts because that's where the safety guidelines come up. Um, none of them are perfect, right? It's, I, I think pitch counts are so popular in youth baseball because they're easy. It's easy for the coach to track in a youth baseball. It's easy for a parent to get it. Um, wow, there are so many more advanced things you could do. There's talking about stressful pitches like what's the difference between a pitch with nobody on and a, and a 0-2 count versus you know bases loaded and you know a 3-2 count like is that count as the same quantity of force that type of thing so there, there's super complicated ways to do it but I I think pitch counts became popular because we developed guidelines so ASMI USA Baseball Little League Baseball they all they developed guidelines based on their research because it was easy to do at the big league level they kind of they do you know or in the professional level they do go by innings um you know I, i'll let lenny jump in but I, you know I, I think there's an answer to both scientifically but what yeah, do you that, think it's, it's a that's a loaded question there's a lot going on in that one i mean you can even consider like what's the most stressful pitch a pitcher is going to probably throw it's a, probably a fastball right that's so, a good point percentage uh, pitch yeah percentage right because it's so complicated that somebody throws versus a percentage break ball off speed pitch or a slide or something like that <laughs> versus round up. that puts the most stress <laughs> the most torque on the elbow and shoulder specifically the elbow if that's what we're talking tommy johns and then you got tim gabbard's acute to chronic ratio and looking to and trying to plot all that stuff and what's their chronic workload versus their acute workload and trying to plot that. Right, which, so not just the quantity of pitches, but when they happen right, and in, in right. relationship. And- 
shift there was to a another. New, uh, he just released another study like a month ago. I was talking about how they're, they're changing it now to weight the amount of work done in uh, like a halftime life that erodes over right. the week. Right. So if you pitch like a super heavy load on Monday and then right. the same heavy load on Monday, that's different than the Monday to Thursday. Nice. You know, so I, I missed that article. Don't be you afraid know, to share it, Dave. Jeepers. That's, all that's, what's, that's what Slack's for. Silicon Valley. We use Slack Air Champion. Uh, <laughs> Slack me that, man. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? There is, there's some science that I think the answer is that they're all valid, yeah. right? So we know statistically some things, right? We know that, um, heck, what are the numbers here? If you, uh, if you throw um, more than eight months out of the year, you're five times more likely to, uh, to get injured. So eight months. So it's a duration over the year if you throw more than eight months. If you throw more than 80 pitches uh, um, on, on average a game, you're four times more likely to get hurt. Right, and if you throw more than a hundred innings in a calendar year, you're three times more likely to get hurt. So they if you do all those. I think they all matter. And, and, and fatigue, that, that Olson study in the AJSM. That's what that's from. Thirty-six times increased right. risk. So, yeah, I mean, it's just right. So the the answer is all of them. It pitch counts is popular because of simplicity, um, but yes, there's it's a complicated question, but. Yeah. Awesome. T-Bone. All right, Josh from Chicago. What are your general recommendations for managing pitching arms between innings to minimize fatigue throughout an outing? So, all right, so between innings. So there's been some research on this. So I've had, there's some interesting research out of uh, Sanford, um, um, no, Stanford, not Sanford. <laughs> I used to live in Birmingham. <laughs> I used to live in Birmingham. I, got I didn't know they were academics. <laughs> I mean, that's a well-respected program. Come on. Stanford. Coach Casey, yeah, right? right. Coach Casey. Uh, but uh, that's at Stanford, excuse me, um, that actually uh, they tried to do some cooling between innings. So what they showed is potentially that your uh, attrition of performance over the course of a game may be from overheating. So And even just core temperature. So they put on these like ice jackets and stuff like that and you know practicality wise I don't know but they actually showed some interesting things but uh, our friends Rafael Escamilla and uh, Kyle uh, Yashimiro and I don't know who else and Dr. Andrews I believe was on that paper but those guys they actually produced some we've we've been doing this for like 10 years and they finally just published this I think it was in AJSM 2016 maybe but they call it the two out drill and essentially what it is it's a bunch of drills that um, that you do like it's just like like active mobility some stretching your forearm and type things you do that between it you do it when there's two outs. So the pitcher stands up, you know, while they're, you know, that last out's kind of in play and they do these things. And they actually showed that you maintained your range of motion over the course of the game. I tried that with the Red Sox and we were super successful with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things you get to start early and do that. So I think I'm just, you know what? I'm going to, I'll make this, I'll, I'll make this a post on elitebaseballperformance.com. I'll do a two out drill post. That's definitely an interesting question. I'd love to see what, you know, the research is screaming at right now. I, I don't know how practical the ice thing is. The right. ice thing makes sense. Yeah. Practical. Other people are trying like East Dim, and again, showing some interesting results. But it's a practicality thing, right? Yeah. Especially at the you know at the big professional level, it's a super huge practicality level. But like you know, I don't know. Anyway, all right, well, let's knock it out. Let's get number Trace. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> hey guys, love the podcast. Wondering what your thoughts are on the use of Moda sleeve in a clinical setting. Are you using it with some of your throwers, and how do you see it fitting into the acute chronic training load equation? Per, all right, that actually that ties in well. We were just talking about the acute chronic workload equation. So Modus has a sleeve with a gyroscope accelerometer that goes into the sleeve, kind of over your Tommy John, your UCL ligament, um, and it measures the stress on your ligament and your arm speed and a bunch of other things in there. Uh, but what they do is they, if you if you chronically wear 
wear that while you're throwing and you're doing your throwing program, your bullpens or whatever, it actually tracks your stress. So now you can quantify how aggressive that pitch was and how stressful that was, which kind of goes to what we were saying, you know, earlier with that. Like, so that now this modus sleeve will tell you that this is a more aggressive pitch and actually change the cumulative stress with that acute chronic workload ratio. So the answer is yes. I mean, we're, we are playing with it at Champion and we are starting to do it. There's lots of ways you can use that. Um, we do it sometimes to determine like the specific stress on the, on an arm, you know, during a throwing program, maybe, you know, just calculate how far they should throw in a long toss program. We're doing it for research. We're looking at, you know, mechanical changes. You might want to do this, you know, where you're using the modus sleeve to, to determine does this increase or decrease your stress, that stress type of thing. Weighted ball programs. Yeah. Training, right. Yeah. Maybe if you're trying to individualize, you're trying to figure out the specific weight of a ball you might want to use. What else, Len? Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I think if a pitcher is working on mechanics and stuff like that, you know, we, I think we might use it a lot this offseason with a couple of major league guys to tweak their mechanics and to show that their stress was a little less in an arm slot that most people think is more stressful. So I think it's interesting to see that objective data actually shine through versus our perceived thought of, oh, if you lower your arm angle, it's going to have more stress on the elbow. Not necessarily true. Right, right. That's a good um, point. And I think it also correlates. It's re- very reliable to, you know, the fancy systems that are out there that are tracking, you know, you got to put the little uh, reflector balls on all your all the, your joints and everything and track that. It, it's very reliable with those systems, too. So it's it's something that can be used in a, in a regular setting and not necessarily have to go to a laboratory. Right. I like it. Yeah. If you're not assessing, you're guessing. Yes, yeah. man. I'm going to throw something out there. I can't throw a ball more than, like, 75 feet, just so people know that. But Is I do that think- true? I can, but it just we, won't be accurate at all. We need to document that, but continue. <laughs> We're going to work on that. I think one of the things that might be helpful for is getting people to start to think about individual differences between people and maybe what certain bodies can handle, right? Because that's one of the things we talk about a lot is that some people can handle more of one type of lift, more reps, you know, different type of frequency. Maybe some people's arms and shoulders can handle more of a certain type of throw and then some can't. And then it gives feedback on the way right. they can throw for longevity. Over yeah, time. it's a better way to individualize. Like, there's so many, like Lance, there's so many, you know, like preconceived concepts that are probably wrong, right? That are just old school kind of thought process. Like, any technology we can use to quantify is going to be better, right? Yeah. So, awesome. Thanks, guys. Another awesome baseball episode. We appreciate it. Um, head over to EliteBaseballPerformance.com if you haven't checked it out. It's kind of our new website that we're doing with our baseball stuff because we just we want to keep providing more value. So, head there. But thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Go to MikeRinald.com, click on the podcast link, and ask us some questions. We get a big button right there. You can click and fill out a form and ask us questions. Um, and it's awesome. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear whatever you guys got. So we appreciate it. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.